This is when we welcome John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association, to make sure it is in the headlines and we're talking about it. Good to have you, John. Good morning, Alex. Thanks for having me today. Oh boy, lots to go through. I mean, one of the bigger headlines, and I think, you know, I think it says a lot about where we are with gun crime in this city is that the shooting of an 18 year old um, Peter Guerrero is um, dead and met with complete shrug. I mean, it's like forgotten about almost by now. A 15 year old was also shot, but is going to live. 17 year old now wanted for second degree murder. This, uh, this happened. Um, at Woburn High School on Halloween Day, just as kids were getting out of school. Same school had a shooting in 2020 where a 15-year-old was killed. And then, of course, earlier this year, uh, February 14, there was an 18-year-old killed at another high school. Um, we took policing programs out of these schools back in 2020, as you, or sorry, 2017, as you well know, because it was a lot of political uh, pressure. I don't think we've done the kids any favors here. Yeah, Alex, I would tend to agree with you. Um, now, unfortunately, this was the 59th homicide of 2022 for Toronto. Um, mm. And when you look back uh, on the year, obviously, it's been a very, very uh, difficult year for us with firearms offenses, people being uh, shot, and particularly for policing as well. But I think to your point with the policing programs, you know, uh, this really is a, an issue here when you start looking at, when you start withdrawing the police from kind of the public uh, engagement, particularly in schools, you really end up putting the police officers now in a position where the only time they uh, end up interacting with the public is when we have situations when they're called to calls to deal with people, to resolve, uh, you know, it could be a violent issue, it could be a mental health issue. Uh, and we're losing that public engagement. But I think it is mm -hmm. really important, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, to have officers within these schools again so we can actually engage uh, with the students and build that public confidence again. Yeah, the narrative took hold that, um, you know, police in schools was scaring um, students and or they were feeling like they were being targeted, when in fact, it was actually quite successful in Peel, the program, they really liked it, it was popular. So I don't I don't like to th I don't like one narrative to take the whole conversation, because I do think that probably a lot of kids got something out of it. I don't know how we can build and mentor relationships between younger generations and police officers, if they don't actually have interactions. And back in my day, which is like a 1000 years ago now, cops were part of, of our fabric like they came into the schools we were we had conversations you built relationships with them you got an understanding of what they do and that has just completely gone away and again if we want to build relationships you have to actually allow the police to interact with the kids absolutely and those relationships we get so much out of them uh, when you start looking at the interactions between younger individuals uh, as they grow up with police officers um, and particularly with the school resource officers where the actual officer was engaged in that school. So they actually were able to build rapport with the students. So, you know, God forbid there is some kind of a, a concern a student has. I think they're more willing, more able to talk to the police officer. And it may be um, a situation where they're able just to provide the information uh, anonymously. But it's really important for us to be engaged at the schools with the students so our members know what's going on. Because we still get calls from schools uh, quite frequently asking the police to come in there. But obviously, um, you know, the way things are structured right now, that's not something the schools want. Well, I don't know if it's that the schools want or if the politicians don't want it. I get the sense that this has become so political that if they're scared that if they speak out on it, that they'll get attacked by local or, or, or community activists. And, and, you know, yeah, they can be heard from. But I don't think they can dictate at large uh, what is a best policy or practice. I mean, the bottom line is there's a lot of gun violence in the city. I don't remember Toronto ever being this violent or this brazen. And to the point, John, like there's video of this. And so this video is circulating on the Internet. The police know 
about it. There were kids standing around watching it. You know, they're getting their phone out instead of running. Um, so they're getting, as Louis uh, Marsh, who's, who is a community activist who's been on the show a lot of times, he said, quote, it's a regular occurrence. The kids have become immune to the tragedy that's taking place in front of their um, eyes. Um, he has been fighting to get the, the ear of local officials. He has been fighting uh, on the streets with other parents who have had kids killed uh, in gun violence and other um, gang members who have gotten out of gangs. He's been working to try to come up with solutions that never seem to get discussed um, because we have no coordinated plans. But, you know, the kids are okay with this because they don't even get scared of it anymore. Well, I, I think the reality is you know, you don't realize how tragic and uh, traumatic these situations are until you're directly involved in them. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. now I, I'm seeing the public, they're almost becoming indifferent to some of this violence. But I always uh, walk it back to once people are directly impacted by these events, then it really does come home to roost. And, and that's where I think people need to understand that these situations, it, it could take place at any school, um, yeah. any public area. And we cannot stand for that. As society, we have to put our foot down and we need to push back on these criminals who are armed with the guns. And I, I'd be quite curious to see, you know, um, you know, we have almost 1,100 people out on bail right now for firearms across the GTA, which to me is staggering. You know, um, you know, if someone's caught with a firearm, you know, bail should be a privilege. It shouldn't be something everyone's getting. You know, there's no reason yeah. for someone to have an illegal firearm running around Toronto. Yeah, no, 100%. But again, we talk about bail reforms all the time. I have yet to see any action on it. And, you know, I think back to the shooting death of of Jordan Manners, and that's a shooting I covered, and I covered the court case on that. And it was one of those moments, uh, John, where it was such a visceral reaction that a kid could be killed in a high school. Like, how did this happen? And now it's happening on a regular basis. And it's like, oh, yeah, that happened on Monday. Anyway, like, it's just... We're, we're going the wrong direction. And, and I don't even, I don't even know at this point what will get the political will to get off their rear ends to start investing, not just in these communities, because it's got to be more than just law enforcement. There's got to be mentorship programs. There's got to be investment in these communities. And it's just not getting done. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And a lot of these issues, uh, by the time they land at the, the foot of the police officers, these issues have been going on for a long time. They're far deeper. And there are a lot of them are community based. And we need to make sure we have. Yeah good solid investment upstream so these the youth in these particular communities they have options available to them jobs education housing but that has to be investment that's done by both all levels of government to assist in that area yeah uh nonetheless um again it's a headline that should not go ignored but uh that's why we'll keep talking about it. Meanwhile, I think um, I think this one's worth a mention because I think it speaks to the violence because carjackings are also something that are, I think, fairly new to the city of Toronto. I don't remember reporting on them regularly, but uh, police recently just arrested two people uh, involved in a violent armed carjacking in Scarborough on Tuesday night. These guys uh, pulled over a guy in his car and, I guess, threatened to shoot him in the foot, ended up getting into a police chase. Ultimately, they got arrested. But the the escalation of violence that that police officers are up against on a crime that, you know, is kind of regular now is is astonishing. Absolutely. So you have a situation here. We have a a 33-year-old and a 19-year-old accused um, carjack, uh, you know, an innocent civilian, and actually fire around into the ground, uh, obviously just to uh, get compliance. You know, our officers, I got to do a shout out for them. They did an amazing job here. Uh, both 43 mm-hmm. division, hold up squad and police dog services. And it was fortunate this particular victim was able to track his vehicle. And yeah. with that track, 
distance, they were, our officers were able to isolate, locate, and apprehend both of these uh, individuals. And I'll be honest, I'll be quite curious to see what happens with the bail hearings, uh, whether or not they're released or not. Well, yeah, and what their, their uh, other record is. Are there any other gun crimes on that? And if so, why the hell did they get bail? I mean, I mean, we, if we don't start asking these questions, and look, I, I get it, the, the newsrooms are so scaled back on staffing. They just can't send a reporter like they did with me to court. To, to, that's my only beat. That's what I did. And so, um, you know, we've got to get back to kind of checking the I's and, and uh, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Um, otherwise, uh, we won't we won't know. But again, the the, the fact that carjackings now late at night are a thing. I think most people uh, say we are changed. Having said that, I, I am a little surprised because I didn't think police went after cars. I mean, I know that they'll investigate when a car goes missing, um, but don't generally they kind of, is it not one of those crimes that it's so big and happening so often that they've kind of just said, well, get it insur insurance or do they actually track these vehicles? No, no. So for, um, for these particular instances of carjacking, um, it's very, very different from a, just a stolen car. You know, we have threat of violence or violence takes place um, on, a, on a victim in order for the uh, accused to actually steal these cars. And mm -hmm. we have the holdup squad involved. We have a specialized unit now, which is engaged through Toronto Police, that actually their sole purpose is to go after these individuals who are um, conducting these carjackings. You have to understand, these are organized criminal enterprises that are stealing these cars. They're not your average, uh, you know, street criminal. They have a plan. They're very sophisticated. And they have a process. Once they've actually stolen the vehicle, the vehicle is generally um, you know, out of Toronto, probably within a few hours, on its yeah. way to either Halifax or Montreal. Yeah, and so, I mean, look, we uh, about last month, I think it was uh, three 14-year-olds and a 16-year-old uh, charged in, in, in these kinds of crimes. So it's uh, astonishing how young uh, those doing it are, are actually uh, in this. So, hey, John, very much appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again next week because you know what? We'll have something to talk about that we can guarantee. I'm sure, Alex. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That is John Reed, president of the uh, Toronto Police Association. So, yeah, um, we need to keep talking about it. I get that you know, violent crime is not going away. And I talked to Louis Marsh. We keep in touch. He, he's out there on the streets. He and other mothers who I've met throughout the years who have lost their sons to gun violence, to have their lives turned upside down. They're fighting the fight trying to get changes. And no one's listening. No one's listening.